0: you're welcome back to this episode and our guest is daniel and we're going to continue um, with the conversation with him Um, daniel let me uh, move the conversation back to church um I was born, bred, and raised in Baptist Church. My wife and I coming here, uh, choosing this place as our home church, is not because we were looking for a Baptist church to attend, right? It's just because we were looking for a Bible-believing church that is close to where we live. And lo and behold, we found this place. And from the first day we attended, up to now, um, um, about fifteen years now, uh, it's been our home church. But there's something that is interesting here. As far as the Baptist denomination is concerned, the Baptist denomination doctrinal values in Nigeria is totally different. Yes. Do you notice? Yes. Okay. Can you tell me more about that? Sure. So you have to
1: understand the way the church came about. And part of the reason that we had so many different views and denominations, it's actually a very good illustration for all of life. So when the church, most of the denominations came about, they came about as a result of reading the Bible. Once the Gutenberg printing press started printing the Bible, and so in different parts of the world, you had the church forefathers and sometimes foremothers who were reading the Bible, going, "I don't think that what we were reading." So the Baptist Church actually started; um, they were first known as the Anabaptists because the reason they were called Baptists was they were against infant baptism because they believed in baptism as conversion. So they called them Anabaptist, which means against baptism. And they were like, no, don't call us against baptism. We're actually for baptism, but after you become a Christian. And so that's how they picked up the name Baptist. But what you end up happening is you have all these different Baptist units around the world. And there was a time (laughs) pre-internet. I know that's shocking for some people to listen to.
0: Yeah.
1: Um, Seminaries were formal. It wasn't easy to track. What you ended up having is you had these pockets that had the basic core beliefs, but through the years slowly changed in little areas. And so now we live in a global world. The title of your podcast reflects that. But the world hasn't really been that global as far as access to the globe until around, what, 80 years ago. by the way no one quote me on that you can fact check me later okay. <laughs> yeah. understood yeah. but the uh, so that's what happens and so you have all these different uh, groups that come so most of the denominations come from five or six forefathers and then basically divergent paths off of those so you have the Wesleyan which is the Methodist you have the Campbellites which is Church of Christ Christian Church um, Assembly of God you have the Baptist which is Southern Baptist American Baptist Federal Baptist particular Baptist General Baptist keep going I don't know what the particular one in Nigeria is called. But. I, I believe we are associated with the Southern Baptist. Yes. But even that's pretty different um, in Nigeria versus the United States. And so what you end up seeing, which is part of the reason we're having this conversation, is your culture mixes with your beliefs.
0: With your doctrinal values.
1: Right. Which then you have to be careful of going, okay, what is truly of God and what is of culture? Because God doesn't change, but culture changes.
0: But, but let, let me quickly add their head here, Daniel, that the basic um, biblical beliefs are, are the same. Right, absolutely. Okay. However, things that are different, uh, one of them is the teaching ministry uh, of the Nigeria Baptist Convention, is like you are going through. Seminary, seminary right. um, is so deep, so wide, and so, uh, okay, so let me start by saying that we have Bible studies, which we have here, uh, which we call Sunday School. Right. So Sunday School is a big ministry. It's a, it's a, in Nigeria. In Nigeria. It's a big arm of the Nigeria Baptist Convention. Which we have national superintendent of the Sunday School and, and harm of the Nigeria Baptist Convention. So the structure is very high. It's very high. Structurally, we have men's fellowship, right? Uh, which we call men missionary union, right? Which is a big thing. Right? Right. We have at uh, at state level with and other you know levels and national level and actually as I'm talking now the national the global president of Baptist World Alliance uh men's missionary union you know, is a Nigeria. Right. He's a guy that uh, uh, uh I worked with in other interdenominational ministry. And so he's a close person to me, and I'm actually going to be sending this podcast to him. Um, so he he oversees that uh, in Nigeria. He was the national president before moving over to the global level. So we have uh, structures like that. Right. We also have what we call the royal ambassadors. Yeah, I was
1: an RA. Oh, you are. Yeah, America. as a Royal Ambassador, I will do my best. Yeah, I can still yeah. say the motto.
0: So, okay, so let, let me have you talk more about that. Um, why is, do we not have such fear? That's a great question. Um, I can give my opinion. Okay, yeah, I know. I, I mean, it's, I have
1: a, I'm not a PhD in in this, <laughs> this issue. Um, I think you have a couple... I think the American culture of independence yeah. is both a blessing and a curse. It's the you're not going to tell me what to do. Yeah. And so it's, it's almost a sense of they reject structure. Mm-hmm. Um, if it's too organized, it feels confining and yeah. it feels like the man, I'm using air quotes there yeah. is, is telling you what to do. And okay. so that probably shouldn't be that way, but it is. Then you have generational differences and so much of what you're describing was in the american church until like the 1970s and then the 1970s happened and if you know anything about the 1970s in america it was basically anything that was structural we rejected so then when the 80s came back around and they started restructuring a lot of it had to come back and even the structures that were there ended up being tweaked so you put all of that together coupled with just the different cultures and the ideas and it, it just created a a different thing. So, but what's, what do all these exist? Why do we have structures? They're tools to help us find God. Yeah. And so what I would say when, when people have the tools, uh, a screwdriver and a drill accomplish the same goal, but I'll take the drill all day long because the screwdriver takes a lot longer. So there are times when you can have the same end and even the same goal. But there are better structures. And once again, that points to why we should learn from each other. That there are things that the Nigerian church should be teaching Americans. And there's things that our little church here in Hodunk, West Lafayette, Indiana, might be able to teach the Nigerian church. But it can't be about, oh, look at us. Yeah, no. It can be, it has to be like, oh, this is helping you draw closer to God. And so that's when it we really matches.
0: Yeah, yeah. Thank you for, for that uh, explanation. So, um, then, uh, when we Jumake and I got to this uh, church, we went through the um, the process. Discovering of, Calvary. Uh, discovering yeah. Calvary. And then Chuck, who was the pastor there, right. uh, first time meeting us, said, "Not only Jumake and I, but other folks." that if you are coming from somewhere and you you are used to the way things are done there, and you think when you come here, you're going to come and change us, you can't. (laughs) We will not change because of you. So if you have suggestions, keep it. We are not going to take it. Um, But I I did not feel offended about that. And you did not turn me back. Because I think uh, with the benefit of hindsight, Daniel, I believe that Chumakia and I uh, were blessed uh, to have, let me say, got to a particular point in our journey and in our walk with God that things like that, we consider them not we consider them not the major cause, not the core cause. Um, consider them to be you know, electives. Right. So, you can, we cannot because of that turn back. But we, one thing that we objected to uh, hitting here for the first time is the way the Holy Communion Hmm. was being served. And so, Mm We we tried it a couple of times and Jumaket stopped. Right. Uh, she's more more vocal than me and so but I continued. But at the point you, um I, I haven't worked in the healthcare sector. I just base it on common sense. So I, I also stopped. But apart from that, all other things uh we were Right. it. Then, we had our bosom friend and his wife came to visit us from Nigeria. Um, they are trained pastors, but um, they are kind of uh, music ministers. Right. Um, so, they go from church to church, but they came to U.S. and visited us, and we came to church on Sunday. And when we had the the worship song going on, they were looking at everybody. Why are they not dancing? Why are they not clapping? And so on and so forth. So that is a point where sometimes I want to ask the same question. Yeah, but but here here we are, if we are not careful, that person will judge us right that we are less godly because we are not doing that. And then so that is kind of diversity that is in the ministry in the way we worship God. And so, and it's important I mention it because uh, I have never at any point in time judged the other person, right. Right, that because they are just not showing emotion, not showing anything, and then they are not following the worship song, uh, but I prefer that we follow the worship song. That's my preference. Yes. But if other person is not being that, I'm not going to drag them. So a couple of things with that, um, as far
1: as the worship, music, So like I remember growing up and hearing people say and youth ministers say to me, you don't want to be a distraction to someone else worshiping. So that's just what I was culturally trained. So that's part of the reason that it was hard for us to learn to be expressive is because it was all about don't distract other people. Um, Having said that, I I really like being expressive now. And there is the fine line, because there are people who can carry it to an extreme, hey, look at me. But I think that's when worship has to be responsive. Uh, The second part of that is, I'm going to talk a little bit about what you said about the Holy Communion. And even going back to what you were told when you first got here, which was before I got here, I want to make sure that people know that. But we do communion different now, because you ended up being... On our deacon body and our deacons are over that and you voiced your concern so in a sense what you said you did get to change it but the reason you got the voice to change was because you didn't come in trying to change it right away hmm. you earned the right to have the respect and people knew your heart and the leadership which gave you oh he's saying and making some good points whereas if you'd come in the first three weeks and said this is unhygienic, and I can't believe you're doing this. They'd have been like, oh, you know. The hell yeah. Here's a, here's, and the view would have been here's a person coming to complain. Yeah. But because they saw your heart, your love for Jesus, they saw your community care, they saw how you serve well in our church, they saw it gained you the voice to actually change something that needed to be changed from a hygienic standpoint. And so I think that even echoes again, even something that really bothered you you eventually got changed. And people would be like, oh, he's just being nice. Don't, you you really were the ones that led that. And and I'm thankful for that. And so, but the reason it was because you didn't come in guns blazing, you came in as a peacemaker and servant, and then you earned the right to be heard. Thank you. Thank you
0: for, I, I didn't, um, even, I know you didn't mean to go there. Yeah, okay. yeah, uh, yeah. Because I, I'm am kind of a shy person who doesn't want to take any credit. <laughs> so, oh. uh, but but I I mentioned that because uh, that could have been the point where we would have turned back and say, yeah. look, uh, but we didn't, and we didn't because we know that it's actually not the the main thing. The main thing is that there is a body of Christ that cares for people right. um, and the messages coming from the people is undiluted uh, and then we are able to relate with that and so here we are today and we will continue to make a Calvary Church a, a home church. But why did we take the parties from Calvary Church? Why do we take the name out of it? Why did we... Is it accidental or by... Uh, Design. Designed to take... We're not there Calvary Church, is that right? It mm-hmm. looks as if the Baptist is taken out of We've taken it out of the informal communication.
1: Formal, we're still Calvary. Okay. Okay. And the honest answer to that is because the culture had gotten to where they weren't really embracing the ideas of... The Baptist any denomination
0: any denomination so, so the other anonymous. I don't
1: call because it, it's not fair for me to there's three other churches in town I can tell you that did the same thing who aren't Baptist they're Presbyterian they're other faiths and it's just kind of became well people are going to know what, what we are when they come through the door so and the, the other part of that is I think there's a healthy dialogue I'm unapologetically Baptist in doctrine but like you said I am first and foremost a Christian yeah and so there are some things about the Baptist politics that I may not even holistically agree with like you said um, and I believe that my Presbyterian my Lutheran even Catholic brothers who have a general relationship with Jesus will be in heaven and so they're part of the bigger church and so I think it was an attempt to uh, navigate us away from the we're right they're wrong and point us more to the fact of unity and also be a a more opening place for people who might be hesitant because the name is there. There's some faults to it, too. There's some downside to it, too. I understand and I agree.
0: What, what uh, challenges? I know uh, there are obvious um, challenges as a minister. Um, but beyond those obvious ones, like the church discipline, which I don't want us to talk right. about. But, Amen. Oh, yeah. I don't, <laughs> so, want, I don't uh, want to. Yeah. So, but I mean, um, on a personal note, yes. what, have you ever thought, why am I in this calling? Or Have you ever thought about that? Just, God, why am I here?
1: Yes. All the time. I, there's, there's many times where I'll stand up on stage and I'll think, why are you people listening to me? Or there's many times where I'll sit here and I mean, I I don't know a single pastor who during the pandemic didn't question the call because it was just hard. I mean, the same with many other professions during yeah. the pandemic. Yeah. I'm not trying to be like we're the heart, it's definitely not. But I think the answer to your question is what's really hard is that we're in the people business and people are missing. And so, how do I, how do you, how do you measure success? How do you measure um, growth? I can't spiritually ask someone to get up, like when you're little kids and you have your kids lined up on the ruler and you mark a spot. It's hard to do that spiritually. Um, how do you measure? It? And so we have those things to do, but it's it's not, and it's really hard when you deeply invest in someone and they go, yeah. I don't. I'm not going to go that way. Um, there's always negative people, which makes it difficult. Yeah. But then you remember they're in the image of God too, and I got to love them well. Yeah. And And I, I think that's just people sometimes assume I have all the answers, and I don't. Yeah. I, I am a broken man, saved by the grace of God, who really wants to, to walk with people,
0: um, to see how good He is. Yeah thank you Uh, let me share this with you and possibly with um, my audience way back i believe maybe about 20 years ago i was uh, involved in the ministry um, and i at that point i moved up to the leadership position in the ministry we call the ministry the Full Gospel Businessmen Fellowship International. I believe it started from uh, America here yeah, by the gentleman uh, who is now late. is Damon Shakarian. Mm. I don't know what I've heard of him. And so this ministry, we have local chapters and I was the president of my local chapter. It's kind of like a pastoral walk. Right. Uh, what we shy away from using the word pastor. For the head of the unit so we call it president uh which i was and at that point in time that particular fellowship began to have challenges um, my immediate uh the immediate pre- the person that i took over from uh, that was the president that was the vice president and i was actually away out of the country when the uh, change the leadership. I came back. I was in UAE. I came back. Actually, I was when I was away in UAE, they sent a message to me that the leadership has changed and then I will not be the president. I said, okay, well, the Holy Spirit will help me. When I came back, uh, the gentleman that was the former president uh, for some reasons didn't Continue to join us, so I I was kind of uh, alone, you know. So, but I I tried, Uh, we still relate. And the guy, the gentleman, is my friend up to today. I mean, he's a pastor in uh, Oman, Nebraska. We still talk, we relate. Um, he comes here, I go to him, Uh, but. As far as that chapter of our lives is concerned, I was kind of left in a cold. And so I had challenges. And the challenges that I had in that ministry is because of the seeming lack of growth of the ministry under my watch. Okay, so and I, I thought then that it was me I thought then that it was because I did not have the anointing. I thought I did not have the grace. I thought I did not have the capability, the ability. So I made it to look as if it's me. Yeah. It's personal. That it's personal that is not allowing the fellowship to grow. The, the fortune was dwindling. But we were not we were doing well financially. But the number was not there i had a couple of people that were you know faithfully given to the cause of the work there but let me quickly round up this two things we had two there two beloved brothers died one was my secretary and another one was another officer they both died within a short period of time to each other. I was devastated at there. Guess what I did? I quit. <laughs> <laughs> so, but like I said, that was about 20 years ago. And, you, you know, looking back, um, would I have done that now? No. Right. Um, because I know better. I know that it experience, had experience. It Faith. had nothing to
1: do. with it. Faith and experience grows, yeah. grows. A bit. Yeah. And hindsight is always twenty twenty. And I think that, but that's where the grace and the truth balances. So the same kind of stuff. Like I sit there and I go. Someone comes to me and goes, um, Daniel, you you made a mistake. I found that a lot of times I don't agree with it, but sometimes I do. And when it, what do you do with that? Like, so, you know, you, you have business. In there. there are a lot of people who will come to pastors and say, here's what you need to do. And sometimes it's just wrong.
0: They own prescription.
1: Yeah, they're they're, they're writing the prescription. And so you have to surround yourself with wise, elder people. You have to surround yourself with a wise community. And then you have to discern and pray and give to God. But either extreme. Either doing what everybody tells you to do or ignoring everybody tells you to do are both prescriptions for disaster. So the wise man listens, discerns, and then acts according to the spirit and what God, the community, asks you to do. And sometimes uh, we just got to admit we don't do that well. We got to apologize and learn. So, I don't know. I always tell people ministry is incredibly lonely but rewarding. hard to it's hard to qualify how those work together but it
0: just it is yeah Yeah, it's it's uh it's it's rewarding because um up to now i still have some folks that uh, i came across in that journey and that chapter of my life that i still relate with today Mm -hmm. and we are actually best of friends as a consequence of my work in that ministry and they kind of relate with me as a mentor mentor, and that it can be gratifying when you see them doing well in the Lord and you see them they are still in faith they are still um, waxing stronger and stronger and you, you you see it by the works, by, the, by their works, and by what is coming out of there. Right. And is is so 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 gratifying. It yes. Yeah.
1: It's like the farmer, right? Yeah. Guy grows the crop, but the farmer has to work the land. Yeah.
0: yeah. 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 We are going to be taking another break, and then we'll come back for the final segment. Um, my name is Uluranti Ladapo. Today, I have with me Danielle Berry, and this is Global Perspective. Stick around.